Some call him Jeff Gustafson, some call him Gussie, some call him the great Canadian snow leopard, and some or most know him as one of only two Canadians to ever win a Bassmaster Elite Series event. And this week, he's our guest. I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, and welcome back another week here of Mercer. I am Dave Mercer, and you're tuned into a show by my last name. But more importantly than that, today is National Detroit-Style Pizza Day, National Hydration Day. It's important to be hydrated. National Pink Day. I mean, I'm a big fan of her music. And National Pecan Cookie Day well, what is Detroit-style pizza? I feel like I should know this, but I do not. And I feel like I'm going to get yelled at by some people in the comments. And that's fine, because it'll help the algorithm. And God knows our algorithm needs help. But welcome to the number one podcast on this particular channel. We thank you for spending a little time here on your hump day. Putting a little hump back in your hump day. The awkwardly honest fishing podcast that is Mercer. And... Um, I'm a little raspy. I hope you guys are having a good week. I'm a little raspy, still getting over the Bassmaster Classic, and I've literally spent my entire day doing this. This right here, for those of you that are listening online, it means nothing, but I'll make noises, so it does. This is uh, a stack, and trust me, I am happy for the work, but that is a stack of voiceovers that I had to do today. Um, Bassmaster Fishing 2022. The video game is coming out this year and uh, in just a few weeks, or actually a few months, I believe. Um, but I had 40 pages of voiceover. They said, well, we need, just need a couple of edits. And it was a lot. Um, but we got through it. I mean, it, it, like I said, I'm thankful for the work. I mean, it's it's exhilarating to, you know, read the instructions. Like things like... Uh, let me just let me just get you just get you something. Knowing for sure what you've caught is interesting, but in a tournament, weighing every catch might not be your best option. You don't want to waste valuable time weighing smaller or non-target species if you don't need to. It's just one of the many fine things that you'll hear in that video game, as well as a bunch of boom shakalakas and other crap. But you didn't come here to hear my crap and my strife. We come here for a bit of a distraction to get away from the middle of the week. Let's hope, uh, you know, you're having a good week. We're almost there. We're going to make it. And how we're going to make it is we're going to make it with our guest this week. Uh, I'm supposed to do that. No, we don't need no advertisements. We'll just keep going. I mean, the fine companies that bring you this show, thank you for tuning in. And we would like to thank you for tuning in. Without giving you mind-numbing bullcrap, we'll just jump right into our guest. And our guest this week, boy, it is a good one. And one that, I guess the word proud is right. I mean, I've known this guy for a long time. Uh, the first seminar he ever did, uh, he actually did with me. Um, he was nervous to do a seminar. I brought him up and... Uh, Hasn't been nervous since, I don't think. I mean, an amazing career, an amazing person, somebody I'm proud to call a friend. Um, and uh, and I think our country, or the country I live in, Canada, is proud to call him one of our own. And it is the great Canadian snow leopard, Gussie 
Jeff Gustafson. The great Canadian snow leopard, Gussie, call him what you want, but I mean, how picturesque are you? This is exactly how I expect to to run into the great Canadian snow leopard. Where are you and what are you up to, Gussie? Yeah, so yeah, we're rocking some the Kenora dinner jacket here. The red's sort of the Love traditional it. plaid color, but uh, but I'll just give everyone a quick little look. See, this is I'm we're back home in Canada. So um, my wife Shelby's down at the lake right now. She's about to go on a little kayak adventure. Nice. The small, small lake we live on, kind of what you see out there. But um, but yeah, it's our little piece of paradise. I've also got uh, I've got some hair jig tying going on. Um, might might come in handy at the next couple tournaments, maybe. So yeah, that's my day. Um, just life in paradise here. It's exactly what I would expect, honestly. You know, there's some people you think, oh, I wonder what they're doing in between events. But you, this is exactly, I mean, other than being on the water and being in the outdoors, this this, this is your life. Um, and let's start with that, dude. Like, how, I mean, I honestly, as a Canadian and having an oddball job at Bass, really, when you think about it, like the chances of me getting the gig that I have, I literally, there's a lot of times and I've done it for over a decade where I'm like, did this like, do I really have this job? Like to there has to be some of that in you. Absolutely. Every day. I, I think that, and you know, I I was very lucky um, that I got to start out fishing the FLW tour, you know, six or eight days ago like that. I caught some breaks, got some help. Um, and then when I got the golden opportunity to come to the elite series three years ago, I mean, it was, uh, I'm still every day I'm, I'm grateful for it. And, uh, you know, it's the, 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 the time away from home, the long drives, um, being by yourself, the feeling when you have a horrible day and you're (laughs) letting people down. I mean, that all, that part of it's not glamorous, but like the friends that I've made, the great places that I get to go fish, the you know, not having to have a Monday to Friday job. I mean, that's all, um, I'm super lucky every day for that. Well, why do you think you ended up where you are? You know what I mean? Like when I, I mean, I love your story. I I love who you are. I love how proud that whole part of the world is of you. Yeah. But, but I also, I'll be honest, you know, like way back watching you grow and watching you develop. I mean, you're a great seminar speaker, you're a great writer. you you have, you're not somebody who in some ways for the, let's the knuckleheads, the Johnston brothers. I mean, there was no other choice for them. I mean, they're tournament like, anglers, but you, you could if Corey had to turn a computer on every day. <laughs> I mean, really, um, or write an email, uh, you know, uh, you know, but yeah, for me, um, you know, like we all say the passions there, you love fishing. Obviously that's all automatic to, to fish at a high level. I mean, you really gotta, it's, it's, there's a lot of hardship to go through yeah. to get there and you really gotta love it. And, uh, and just like in anything you do, you know, you, you, you put all you have into it and you got to catch some breaks, meet the right people, um, that can sort of help you out. I mean, I'm a regular guy. I needed the help or I probably never would have got, got to do it. And, I mean, there's a lot of, we both have good friends like up in Canada that could probably be, be doing what I'm doing and, and fishing at this level, but you know, it's, there is some sacrifice and, and uh, you know, I've just was, I've been pretty fortunate to, to just keep after it, 
Um, I went to university kind of on the keep mum happy program. So I did, school, <laughs> but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And like, looking back, I wish I would have taken business or marketing stuff that yeah. I now, but I've literally like, I started writing letters to Shimano and Rapala and these boat fishing companies. Like when I was like 12 years old and those guys, you know, like they'd send me a hat and like, I would send a picture of me holding a bass, wearing a Shimano hat to Rapala. Like I didn't even know any yeah. you know, how it worked or anything, but like, um, but those guys kind of, um, you know, gave me a hat and, and started a relationship and that just, you know, I, a lot of my, like, it's so hard now to get sponsorships and like real sponsorship, especially within the fishing industry. Yeah. I've been lucky just from, um, that a lot of my relationships started at a young age and, and also using the Canada angle a little bit, I'm segregated in a little, you know, in some way and, yeah. and it's probably helped me out a little bit as, as well. But, and you do that crap all the time. Whenever I ask you a question like that, you're always like, well, I got a lot of breaks and I was lucky. And But before there was ever breaks or anything, there was a dude who made a decision that I'm going to it's fishing. do this, you know, and we all, you look in Canada and it's a naughty little decision. You know what I mean? Like for you to make that commitment, like why did you, what yeah, pushed uh, you to chase it? I mean, it's for, I get asked a lot, like, what do I got to do to be a pro fisherman and fish tournaments for a living and that sort of thing. And like the number one thing is you got to fish a lot and, and whether you want to be a tournament person or a, a guide, even um, make a living in the fishing community. I mean, you got to fish a lot. You can't just go on the nice days. You gotta, you gotta, it's all about time on the water. I mean, that's how you get better and learn. And I, I mean, growing up, I would find ways to go fishing. I mean, I never always, I never always had a boat, my own boat to use. I, I mean, I, I can remember when I was a teenager calling my dad's friends on Friday night to see who could take me fishing, you know, the last yeah. week of the season before the lake freezes, who can take me fishing tomorrow. And like, I, I mean, I can remember hiding in the basement. So like my parents didn't even know I was doing it just to, <laughs> someone to take me fishing the next day. So, I mean, it, a lot of it. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm a crazy person a little bit about fishing and, 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 and especially bass fishing and tournament fishing. I mean, I, I just, I, I fished my first tournament when I was 10 years old. So, I mean, even though we have a short season up here um, and, and, you know, no reservoirs, no shat, yeah. I mean, it's a little different fishing than the stuff that we do in the U S um, I, I was, you know, into it from a young age and have kind of grown up. Like my summers were revolved around the four or five big tournaments that we had up here. Like that was what my summer revolved around. And so, you know, I, I do say all that stuff, but I also like, I fished every chance that I, that I could. Yeah. I think the Canadian thing, and, and I don't think people stop to think about it much, but like, if you look at deer hunting, hunting in general, I mean, People are so passionate about that. Just, just. It, but I think one of the reasons they're so passionate about it is, is because it's, it's like the McRib. It's only available at certain times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I hate the McRib, just, but, but I mean, some people do get excited about it. Um, and I think that that in Canada, as much as I hate our seasons in some ways, there's part of me that thinks it, it, the anglers here are uber passionate almost like deer hunters do you think that that limit kind of cranks it up you know just because i mean you can't have it whenever you want it yeah and like 
up, up, I'm in Northern Ontario. You know, I'm, I'm like tw- for everyone, like Dave and I both live in Ontario oh. and I'm 20 hours away from him. Like we're, I'm, I'm as close to, I could go back to Fort Worth, Texas, where we were last week and, and probably get there quicker than I could get to Dave's house. So, uh, but our bass season's open uh, year round up here, but catch and release only from, you know, from ice out until July 1st. We have no tournaments until July. Um, and then I saw, I know you guys, a lot of your seasons open this past weekend. Um, yeah. You see it on social media. I mean, everyone was cranked up and just so excited to get out there and go fishing th- this past weekend. And that's, that's great. It's, it's um, you know, but our, our fisheries are probably a little more fragile up here and the, and the, you know, the fish take a lot longer to grow and um, they, they just have to protect them a little bit more in the spring, I guess. But, uh, but our season's short, but there is no shortage of, passionate like and i mean when when chris or Corey and i um you know do well in one of these events i mean it like the the fishing world up here kind of ignites and it's awesome to you know see the the support that we get it's it's pretty cool yeah no it, it is a very cool setup and and you know who knows about this i mean here's what i just realized there's like a three-hour radius in canada that actually has a bass season Mm-hmm. and i freaking live in it what the hell am i thinking i mean first yeah, of all, because you get three hours north of here and it's it's open you know i don't know i i think it's kind of ridiculous like you should be able to have a catch and release season but it's uh it is what it is yeah i got a weird theory and i'm gonna throw it out there and 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 some people are gonna get really mad about this um but but just looking at the fisheries in new york and stuff and there's so many similar fisheries I wonder if, if our fish are more affected and when, and what I mean by that, and especially down here, I mean, there's a lot of water up where you are. A lot of people don't even fish for bass where where you're from. So, I mean, they don't get as much pressure, but definitely down in this area. I wonder if, so we have a limited season, but, but, but the day it opens until the last day you can go pretty much, they get blistered. Like the difference between the lake I live on this week versus every week before is it's unrecognizable that's how much more pressure there is on the body of water but if you think about it the average person you got to take me you and every hardcore angler out of the the the, the average person if they fish 10 times a year they're still going to fish 10 times a year i just think it spreads out the pressure you know what i mean like you're pressuring them more in the spawn i get it but it spreads out and the average dude still fishes 10 times a year. Do you think my theory is true or do you think I just want to go bass fishing more? No, I I'm, I'm on board. I mean, I could justify a hundred ways that, you know, why we should be able to have at least have a catch and release season in the spring. And um, so, yeah, no, I'm on board with you for sure. But, but I mean, our season's short enough when that ice goes out, the fishing's really good then that, you know, um, it's yeah, it, it, it kills me that everyone can't go out and enjoy that if they're letting the fish go. I mean, catch and release works. That's proven. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I guess there are, there are some people out there that like to eat bass, but I mean, yeah. up in my part of the world, if you can't catch a walleye to eat, then you probably aren't catching a bass to eat. So <laughs> yeah, that's a very true statement. Your, your existence, though, man, you're a lot more than an elite series pro. There's a lot of things. That, I mean, your life, um, your life is is bizarre. I mean, you're either I mean, you you hunt. Tell me about the wolves, Gussie. Tell me about the wolves. <laughs> so that's the big, you know, 
so my my inner dog I, you know I always hunted growing up and then like around 2005 our deer population our deer hunting opportunity up here in northwest ontario uh exploded it was it was like world class and uh i had some friends like fishing buddies that were coming up here from minnesota and and they started coming up here deer hunting and they're like like they'd been going to alberta saskatchewan all the best places yeah. um they're like dude this is the best place to deer hunt in canada is right here at lake of the woods and so then I started doing some guiding and the first, the very first guy that I ever guided was Ryan Chuckle, who owns gunpowder yeah. agency, does all the stuff for pure fishing, uh, Minn Kota and hummingbird. Um, he was the very first guy that I ever guided. And he's only a few years older than I am. And he shot 190 something inch uh, whitetail, like the biggest one we've ever got, like the very yeah. first guy in it, but it was really good. And for, eight or 10 years. I mean, that would be my big money maker for the year was guiding for five or six weeks in the fall guiding deer hunters. And then as the, eventually like the wolf numbers kind of caught up to the deer, there was just so many deer and then the wolves just exploded. And then all of a sudden now we have this big wolf problem. So there was, you know, I was never, that was never something that I was super interested in. And then all of a sudden I got these people that want to come and go wolf hunting. So that turned into like, I'd spend three or four weeks in January doing that. And it was just kind of fun. And, um, and that's what we do. So we bait them, um, freeze, you know, deer and moose scraps and roadkill, whatever I can get my hands on in the ice. And, uh, Cause if you, you got to freeze it or they'll drag it away. And then, you know, I have the guys sitting a ground blind in the, in the bush and um, you know, overlooking the the beaver pond or the bay, wherever the, the bait is. And uh, yeah, you go sit out there. It's kind of like you, you'd sit all day for deer, but put a little heater in the blind. I've had it sometimes where it's, you know, just a little below freezing uh, you know, minus five Celsius for all the Canadians uh, you know, 25 30 degrees for all the americans um and then but like we get real winter up here so you oh yeah and it's minus 40 which is you know equivalent on both celsius and fahrenheit and and i mean i've i brought guys out in the morning and tried to get the propane heater going for them like the little buddy heaters and like the propane actually freezes like that's how cold it is and everything just gets wrecked and broken it's no fun but uh but yeah it's a so I know like Buddy Gross, he's like really, really wants to come up and do it. Uh, Steve Bowman from Bassmaster, Overstreet. I mean, those guys, it's like every time I talk to them, the wolf thing comes up. Um, Canterbury, I know he, he wants to come and do it. So it's kind of cool. I'd love, uh, you know, once everything gets kind of back to normal and we can travel and it'd be fun to have those guys up here to experience some real winter weather. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like I'd like to watch them just experience the weather. Never mind yeah. even the wolves. I mean, just uh, I I my bet is half them don't leave, leave your say, house. I sent them outside on a snow, you know, took them on a snowmobile ride. It's minus thirty out. Like, what do you like? It would be priceless to get that. We got a video of that for sure. Yeah, no, but I think Street would shock you though. He lived in uh, where did he live? He lived in like Greenland for like a year. <laughs> no, he really did. Like he he. Uh, what was he? It was in the military and he lived like he really is the most interesting guy on earth. He yeah. met Clint Eastwood while he was up there, you know, it just, yeah. Met him in Greenland, but yeah, no street is, uh, it'd be fun. It would definitely, definitely be fun. Gussie, you are like the poster boy of your part of the world though. Like I will tell you long before you ever fished the elite series, 
when I, when I talk to people, if I say I'm going anywhere near Kenora or to, do you know, Gussie, do you know, like, I mean, it really is amazing, but that has allowed you some opportunities. And I don't know if you're comfortable to tell me a story you told me, but you, you took a man that is, I guess the leader of our country right now, um, but tell me about Trudeau and you and um, what yeah, so, uh, had together. So yeah, a few years ago, I got to take our prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Um, I got a call. Um, our local liberal uh, MP called in and uh, wondered if I could take him and his daughter fishing. So I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a pretty big honor to get to get yeah. to that. Um, and so a few days later, it turned into, okay, it's not going to be a whole fishing trip but we're gonna do a boat ride out on the lake so okay so like four days before uh we're gonna do it like i think we were doing it on a friday morning um tuesday i i take his security people for a ride and it's a you know 15 or 20 minute ride around the lake and uh it was all good and i told them um wednesday like tomorrow i'm going to get my uh laser laser surgery lasik done on my eyes so I'm, you know, I'm, I should be fine on Friday. If, if something comes up, like my dad can go and he'll, he'll do it. So they, they agreed to that and that was fine. So Friday morning rolls around. Okay. So I, I get the LASIK done on Wednesday and for the next, tw the, the 24 hours following that was the worst 24 hours of my life. Like it, it's the greatest thing I ever did. Um, I was wearing contacts, you know, fishing from dark to dark. And I, I it got to the point where like I could wear them for three or four hours. My eyes would get really irritated and it was no good. So I get the LASIK done and, and now it's, I got perfect vision. It's comfortable. It's awesome. But like right when you get it done, it's, it's horrible. So sound, it feels like you got like sand in your eyes. So uh, Friday morning, I wake up still pretty uncomfortable. Um, you know, can't see awesome. Uh, but <laughs> Shelby drives me into town and, uh, I get, I go, we got a brand new, uh, Lund lined up to take, take the ride in. And I go, go get in the boat and I drive it over to where I'm going to pick them up. And, uh, you know, I'm wearing sunglasses. It's a nice sunny day. Um, so all good. And his secure, his head, like head security guy comes down and, uh, and says, um, <laughs> yeah you're all good to do this right like because if you if you f this up like, i'm gonna lose my job and i'm like no I'm, i'll be good we're we're fine and um i had like uh one of my buddies was driving the opp boat ahead of us so he's kind of gonna lead the way and i just gotta you know just gotta follow him basically um so yeah he shows up trudeau shows up so how much could you see at the time i mean i didn't really know how bad it was but like i could i could see but it was you know it wasn't great. And I'll get to that as we go along here. So <laughs> okay. So I'll shut we up. Hop in the, we hop in the boat and uh, we go for this ride and, and, you know, it's 20 minutes or so. And, 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 and like, you know, obviously with what's going on up here in Canada, um, it, I don't love the way that everything's <laughs> sort of been dealt with through the pandemic and, you know, but like outside of the politics, he was great. He was very yeah. cool and friendly and enjoyed, you know, enjoyed getting to spend a little time with them. Um, but we, we go for this ride and we get back to, you know, pull into the dock and there's going to, there's a big media thing happening when we pull into the dock and, and all that. So they, they, his security people hold us up and, you know, just wait for five minutes here and we're going to tell you when you can come in. So we're just like, you know, half a mile out in the bay waiting. And in Kenora, 
uh, where I live, there's, there's a big float plane base. There's flying fishing camps all yeah. over the place up here. So there's just constantly like planes coming and going. And um, I can hear this plane coming in to land and uh, Justin's daughter uh, points at it and says, Oh, wow. Look at that plane. And I'm like looking in that direction. Like I can't even see it. I'm, I can hear it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, <laughs> I'm like, Holy man, I gotta get, I gotta get out of this boat. And now like, I've been out in the sun for an hour and like now it's starting to like be pretty uncomfortable. So we go in to the dock and, you know, luckily I've docked a boat a hundred, you know, thousands of times. Yeah. yeah. No issues. I did it pretty much could do it blindfolded. So we go in, do that. Um, got some pictures, you know, my dad came in in Shelby. We got some cool pictures with them and, uh, and that was it. We let, we, we went on our way. I went home and just went in the dark basement for the rest of the day. Well, Monday morning, I got to go in and see my optometrist for a checkup and he's a friend of mine and I go in there and he, and he, you know, wants to check everything out. He goes, okay, so, uh, everything looks good. You, you know, it looks great. You're, you know, everything's healing up good. You're still legally blind. And then this is like three days later, you're still legally blind. Um, and, uh, and he knew what I like that I did this on Friday, like, it was yeah, all yeah. the newspaper and everything. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my funny, funny story. I got to, I did a boat ride and I was legally blind with the prime minister of Canada. Wow. wow. But it was all good. I, I could see, um, but I guess, you know, I, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I don't have any repercussions. Maybe that's why I keep getting quarantined now every time I come back over the border. Yeah, yeah, you're the reason. Uh, no, that's a great story. Gussie, talk to me about the states. I mean, talk to me about, I mean, I know what I feel like, and you can probably still hear it in my voice. Um, the classic beats the crap out of me. What What is that like to, to recover from as a competitor? Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's just, you just, it's that event you just never want to ever not be part of, you know? And um, yeah, like, when you're sitting in the, you know, before you get pulled into the arena, you're in the tunnel waiting your turn to go in there. And I mean, you can hear a lot, especially on the final day. I mean, it was packed yeah. there. It's loud. Um, you know, you're just, that's the greatest feeling in, in fishing. I set it up on stage and like, it's just, it's just such an awesome, that's why, you know, that's why we do it. So um, it, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, and not only like the weigh in, like that's all cool, but just like the people that show up for takeoff in the morning, yeah. you know, are there cheering you on. And, um, I mean, it's just pretty cool. Like, you know, there's nothing else like it. It's very shocking. How much, uh, I'm sure growing up, I mean, I know KBI has the tent and it's a big deal to ride through the tent, Yeah, which I'm going to tell you is a big deal for as a guy from like Southern Ontario, we're snobs because we always think like, oh, the big tournaments are down here. And I remember I went up there and I was like, man, these are the big tournaments. But huh, yeah. that first ride through the tent compared to me to the first ride to the classic. Are they similar at times in your life? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of similar. Like, I, I mean, obviously the classics like the biggest stage in fishing, but like the art. So for anyone that doesn't know, we have a hometown tournament up here. The Kenora Bass International started in 1988. Uh, big event still going strong today yeah. and like back in the 90s early 2000s like we were getting 200 boat fields um it's not as big of an event in that regard anymore but like back then i mean there was a lot of pros that came and fished guido and dion hibden came and fished it ot fears terry back old bassmaster guys fished it the linders came and fished it for years 
Bob Azumi fished it for years. I mean, a lot of, you know, kind of big name anglers and, 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 uh, at the final weigh-in, if you're in the top 10, you got to wheel your truck and boat through the, this big tent. I mean, there's a couple thousand people there yeah. and it's drinking and it's a party. It's cool. It really and, is a party. Uh, and, uh, you know, so like growing up, that was like the goal. If you, that made the summer awesome. If you got to do that, you know, couple minute ride through this tent and hold up your fish and, uh, but yeah, getting to do it at the classic. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. It's awesome. It's, uh, that's the dream for anyone that, that fishes tournaments and wants to make a living or make a go at it. I mean, that's getting on that stage is the dream. Is your part of the world. And I know you, I, I can't, I hate asking you questions cause you're so politically correct. You'll always well, give me a well, good, yeah, answer. I'll give you a good answer. Ask me whatever you want. Is your part of the world the most, I mean, it's got an incredible population of incredible anglers. Yeah, it will never fish a Bassmaster event like dudes that do things different. Like I, I'm going to tell you when I first went up there, seeing guys like Stuner and Guzzi and Alex Kessler and some of the stuff that they were doing. Really, they there is some. I mean, it's a. I th I really think that the Linders have leached onto all that knowledge and just sucked it down to America. I mean, maybe that, or maybe the lenders are the reason no, they gave you guys yeah, the knowledge. <laughs> yeah, vice versa. I mean, like a lot of us learn from those guys, but they've, yeah, they've learned a lot from Kez and, and, and Ted Stooner. Ted Stooner, who you just mentioned. So um, I've finished second in dozens of tournaments up here that that guy's won. And all these years fished out of a tiller boat. And yeah. I mean, when, when the Fort Francis Canadian Bass Championships was really like the, that was like the big, biggest tournament in Canada for, you know, for eight or 10 years, had a $50,000 first place prize. I mean, these guys would, sh him and his partner, John Guzzi would show up there in a tiller boat with a 60 horse motor on it, a 17 foot little tiller drive. And I mean, like all the like best bass fishermen from Minnesota were coming and fishing the tournament. At that time, there was guys from Wisconsin, Illinois, all over the place. And I mean, these guys, they could go in their tiller. If you gave them an hour to fish, they would just destroy all these guys. And, uh, it was, it was incredible. Like they just were very good, like offshore structure fishermen. And now like Ted is retired in the last five or six years, he's been going down to Lake Havasu in the winter. And like now I, and I got talking to Justin Kerr at the classic last week and never, never met him, but Ted messaged me before and said, yeah, say hi to Justin. He, I fished against them down at Havasu and, um, oh, wow. I went up and said that I was friends with Ted and he knew who he was. And like, he's been winning half the tournaments. Like they're not even letting him fish half the tournaments there anymore. Cause he's just, he's just a really good fisherman and unassuming. I mean, you'd look at his boat and you're like, well, oh, this, this guy doesn't have a bass boat. I'm not gonna, but it just goes to show you like the boat, you know, having all the new greatest equipment is, is, is cool. And, and that's fun. But like the boat doesn't catch the fish. And, uh, I mean, the, the guy was, is, is a incredible angler. And then now there's a lot of young, younger, like guys that are younger than me that are really good too, that, you know, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's tougher to cross that border and go through all the extra, you know, hardship and, and challenge to do that. And then, and then to make a go for it, you know? And, uh, I, I kind of hate that part of it. Cause I, I would love for, you know, I, there, I have some friends here and I said it on stage in Knoxville and I, I mean, it's, I really believe it. I have friends here that could, could do what I'm doing and maybe do better at it than I do. But like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, 
it's it's hard to hard to make it you know and i got i got lucky and i'm i'm here now so hopefully we can just let it ride for as long as i want to do it what effect would you like i mean whatever you refer to it as i call it a canadian invasion or whatever with you three guys and and the effect that you've had in the elite series what effect would you like to have that to have 10 years from now or, or do you even think about that um you know, I, I don't really, cause I just know like the reality of, of, of making it in the U S you know, fishing at that level. It's, it's uh, you got to catch some breaks and you really gotta, it's a, it's a tough, tough road, you know? Um, I know there, there's a few guys that are, that are signed up to fish these opens. I think uh, we got Cooper's fishing. Yeah. Um, and I Luke know and uh, Danny and Joe Ford, a bunch of guys. I know. Yeah. Brian Gustafson. I know he, yeah here where i'm at i know he uh he's i think planning to fish them next year jamie bruce i think he's he's a really good buddy of mine up here he's good really good fisherman i think he's gonna pick one division and just kind of go for it next year but uh but yeah in the next 10 years i mean i'd love to i i just would be so supportive of any other canadians that can can crack it and and you know and get there like if you can get to the elite series it's it's uh you know life gets a little bit easier i think but but then at the same time like where we're going now a lot of guys are going to be um we're reducing the field quite a bit after this year it's going to be like murderer's row in another couple years just to to stay in there i mean you look at the you know the new guys that have joined the field the last couple years like welcher and uh, brian new and i mean there's a bunch of them that i mean you know, those guys aren't get, they're only getting better. They're, they're not even in their prime yet, probably. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a competitive field and, um, it's, you know, you gotta, you really gotta be open-minded and, and figure it out quick. Um, if you want to stay in that, in that group. I asked Seth fighter when I had him on, I asked him to explain you to me and he chose to explain you as the kindest man on earth. (laughs) So, I'd like you to explain Seth fighter to me and, and you don't have to follow his lead. Don't worry. Well, the beauty of fighter is he marches to his own beat and doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. (laughs) I mean, if he doesn't think something's right, then he'll, he'll tell you how it is. You're not going to always just get the politically correct response from him. Um, But uh, any, any portrays that he doesn't really care and he's just kind of like, eh, whatever all the time. But like that guy, um, very meticulous with his equipment, like the best knot tire there is on the elite series. Probably you, you watch this guy tie a knot and you know, an FG knot or ties bait on. I mean, he's just, he's really up on that sort of stuff. Um, very, and I mean, all the guys are, but like very particular about the hooks that he puts on his crankbaits or that he flips with. I mean, just, I learned a lot of little, little things like that from him. And, um, but just like, uh, you know, Chris and Corey too spend a lot of time around those guys. I mean, it's not, there's not really like secret baits or secret. How weird are they to room with? Be it's, honest. I mean, they're a couple of weirdos, aren't they? All three of them are. <laughs> yeah. Like Chris Grow is the most normal one out of the group for sure. Out of, you know, out of our, our travel group. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, it's, we, we've had a lot of fun, you know, over the last few years all traveling together and I, I love those guys, but yeah, trying to get um, Seth or Chris or Corey to like do the dishes once during the week or, or uh, you know, like, 
like Chris and Corey will buy, if you go out for a restaurant, they'll buy dinner. Like no worries about I'm that. I'm dying. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Keep talking. Get some water. <laughs> they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll buy dinner, but like try to get them to make a good dinner at the house. No, you're getting Have they ever a- made dinner. Uh, like some frozen pizzas. Were they good? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Corey will, you know, a little roast here. Like Corey will, Corey will take the best parking spot, the best bed usually, um, in the house. Um, you know, no shame. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, do you we, think he gets that? Cause he's the only Canadian not to win a Bassmaster elite series event. Yeah. I mean, you, you feel bad for the guy, I guess a little <laughs> bit, but, uh, <laughs> no, Hey, I learned a long time ago. I don't chirp them anymore about fishing or that I'm going to beat you or kick your ass. Cause every time I do, I, uh, I get it shoved up my ass pretty much. So yeah, uh, no, he, he, uh, he, he, he's going to win one. We all know that, but, uh, but yeah, I hope it's a few more years before he does. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody argues whether, and Hey, it could be coming really soon. Who knows these next few coming up here. Yeah. Uh, How they, how's the fishing going to be in those for you? Uh, I, I think pretty good. I mean, I'm, I, I've had a tough year. I've, I've, I won one early. So that, you know, that takes the and pressure. Did you get rich? Did you, did you Connor McGregor it? Did you literally silk pajamas too much partying? Is that what happened? <laughs> you might, I mean, no, I, <laughs> no. I, 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 I get excited to go fishing every day, but um, I, I don't know, maybe a little bit. You, you, the pressure's off a little bit. Um, and, but I mean, it, we've just had some tough conditions this year, like some of the flooding and canceled days. And, and I've, there's been, uh, I've had three events that were just, that were real toughies for me. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just outside the cut line for the classic. I definitely want to be in the Lake Hartwell event next year. That's one of my favorite lakes. And, uh, you know, I got to just have a couple solid ones here to finish out the season. So good history at both places. I, I, they're two of my favorite places to fish Champlain and the St. Lawrence river. Uh, so, you know, I have high expectations. I'm expecting, um, to, to have a couple of good tournaments and finish the year strong. I want that to happen for you, Gussie. I'm, I'm going to let you get back to tying your jigs. We were going to get you to t- tie a jig live here, but we're not going to do that. Cause I mean, there's... yeah, that's it. That's how we do it right there. We got a little vice. How much do you owe that thing? How much do you owe that little creation right there? I couldn't tell you how many thousands of small malts I've caught on that jig over the years. I've been using them since like the, since I was 15 years old. And uh, it's funny because up here, everyone uses them. It's not a secret, but uh, you know, outside of my region, I mean, people know about them, but like a lot of people can throw it for like five minutes and they're like, this is, this is the dumbest thing ever. But I, so like, my like, say my 100 biggest smallmouths that I've ever caught. I bet you 70 of them are on that, that jig. Wow. Yeah. What's the biggest mistake people make when they throw that? Uh, letting it touch the bottom. Don't ever let it touch the bottom. It's all about just floating it through the, through the water column. And, what? Uh, if you see, I mean, when you see one cruising, if you can lead that thing in front of them and swim it in front of them, uh, that fish doesn't know you're there it's a dead bass guaranteed <laughs> well what do you think they think it is i mean it, to me so it looks just like a leech yeah i mean uh, you know like 
there's any number of colors you can tie. Marabou comes in every color. I, I, I don't, I like, I've tied a bunch of different colors, but all I ever use is black. Uh, yeah, I get asked that a lot. I mean, it could be a leech, but I think it's, I think more than that, it's just, uh, it's just something that's very subtle. Um, and it's like an after dinner mint, you know, a top water, a spinnerbait or a chatterbait's like the steak. And sometimes they don't want that. They just want a little mint when they're on their way out. And, uh, after dinner. And, um, I think that's the best analogy for, for describe, you know, what it is, but, but like, there's all kinds of little bugs and, and, you know, like they'll eat anything they can fit in their mouth pretty much. Right. So it's just something that's small. And, um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't, uh, I hope I get to be on bass live and, and can, you know, catch a bunch of fish on it, but, but I'm, I caught a lot of my fish at both places last year with it. And, yeah. uh, I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting the same this time around, but you need nice weather. If it's windy and cloudy and you can't see, then, um, you know, be out offshore fishing a little bit deeper. Yeah, no, I imagine you'll catch them on it. I mean, how many, how many requests do you get for those? Yeah. Swindle's been bugging me. He wants a couple, but I'll make him a couple. They're going to be barbless probably. So we'll see how he does with that. But, uh, yeah, no, a lot of the guys want, want a few, um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I got I'll give a few out. Um, you know, Carl, Carl gets a couple. He's, he's, he's usually pretty generous with some of the swim baits and, and, uh, his cool. Yeah. Bait. So, uh, he'll get a couple. Um, I'll, I'll give Swindle a couple, but like, we both know that Swindle is not going to be all the fish with one of those. Things. <laughs> <laughs> right? Do you think he won't, he won't, he just won't do it. I don't know. I don't know if he's got got enough finesse in him, you know. Oh, I mean, he might be too rammy. He's a little rammy. He's a little rammy. You you and Swindle seem to be uh, you you you've been spending quite a bit of time with him this year. Yeah, we got to uh, we got to go. We had fishing one day. Him and Carl and I just yeah. before we started practice at Lake Fork, and uh, you know, yeah, I never I didn't really get to know him much before this year. And uh yeah, like top notch guy and just like so fun to be around. Like he just doesn't stop all day. Um it's it's unbelievable like how funny that guy is and uh one of you know, one of a kind for sure. And and like superstar in this in our sport. Uh so I you know, I kind of still have like the off thing when you're around him, but uh but he's a regular, just a good guy and fun to be around, you know. Yeah, he's a great dude, and uh, and that's that's honestly what the coolest thing about the Elite Series is, is all those people and uh, all of you guys. I mean, you all have great stories, and thanks for sharing some with us, Gussie. We'll let you get back to tying some jigs or whatever you're going to do. All right, the- see you in a couple of weeks. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. And uh, do, we, do you got any, like, super celebrities coming on on this episode? No, 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 just you. I was hoping There's you no would suffering. carry carried the weight there was nothing nothing else but thanks for letting our viewers know gussie quickly go wrestle a wolf uh, all right all right you never know. yeah stay tuned <laughs> thank you very much and we'll see you in a few weeks all right thanks buddy gussie is awesome i mean a man that that but that, that will hunt wolves and drive trudeau around blind I mean, and the, just just a couple of the tales from Jeff Gustafson, but um, 
Gussie is awesome. Thank you very much for being on the show. And so are you guys for tuning in week after week. And I thank you for it. And all I ask for you in return is just give this thing a like. I mean, it's free. It's easy to do. It's how this spreads. I mean, some things you don't want to spread. But if you're in my business, you want this to spread. We want as many people to see it as possible so we can do it more. And we can keep spreading the good word which is fishing and people like Gussie and we'll see you next week and just hit that like or review or whatever you're doing and tell your friends, be a friend and tell a friend about Mercer, the awkwardly honest fishing podcast. And we'll see you next week. Oh, God willing. Enjoy being and have a good week. Thanks for watching. Please like comment and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear? If you're still here, I mean, don't be a jackass. I mean, just just subscribe and hit like at this point. I mean, really, how hard is it? I mean, I'm sure you subscribe and like other things. You probably tell people they look, you know, the new haircut looks good and it doesn't look good. So just make me feel good. I haven't had a haircut in a long time, but just make me feel good about something and like and subscribe. Trust me. I really did not think I'd be still pleading for acceptance at this point in my career, but it turns out I just like and subscribe. It'd be cool.